Ooh. Well, you know, that sounds like it was great. It was really good fun, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I hope you can do some more of that soon. (laughs) 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 All right, do that again. Bunsen, Dolly, Internal, Why do we need Petri, Oscar, Isaac, Transplanting. Hello. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another podcast. It's Nick speaking. And it's Steve here. Yeah, it's good to be back, isn't it, Steve? It's the next podcast. Another one. We keep turning them out, don't we? Oh, it's just one after another. Just gold after gold (laughs) after gold. People are so lucky. They get to listen uh, to us yeah, ramble I'm sh- on. I'm sure that's what they're thinking about. That's exactly. They probably weep a little tear every time. Yeah, and I don't know where you guys are listening to it. I don't know. You should you should let us know where you it listen tell, to it. It tells you on, on SoundCloud. iTunes doesn't tell you shit, but, but SoundCloud tells you where people download it. What, from. like in the bath? No, 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 no. What country? All <laughs> uh, right. I in the you, shed, hopefully. I was thinking it would tell you whether you're, I don't know, in the bath. In the car. I think there are some limitations to what Apple knows about On you. On the job. <laughs> Would I you like know. that, wouldn't you? Oh, it'd be exciting, yeah, yeah. But um, no, you're, you're talking IP addresses, aren't Yeah, you? exactly. Yeah, yeah. So the majority of people listen in, um, uh, in the UK, and then there's uh, quite a lot of people that listen in the US, and a couple of people from the Antipodes as well. Who's listening to it in the I US d- and the I Antipodes? Don't I don't know. Some people. Oh, my God. Some people. I didn't know that, Steve. You've yeah. enlightened me. It's an exciting fact. Hello yeah. to all of you down under. Uh, yeah. And our American cousins. Oh, and them too, yeah. And anyone else for that matter. Yeah. Hello, everybody. Anyway, should we uh, should we get talking, Steve? Let's get on with it. Here right. we go. Hooray. You finished messing around with your microphone, Steve? Yeah, I finished messing around. You're always fiddling with that thing. Well, I like to get it right. Well, it doesn't matter whether it's one or two millimetres away from your face, does it? Well, it does to me. Well, especially with you don't want to get your beard caught in the holes of the microphone, do you? (laughs) That's right. (laughs) It's an extra, it's an occupational hazard as a podcaster. As a bearded man. As a bearded podcaster, yeah. Anyway, how have you been doing? What have you been up to, Steve? That's right, I've been been on holiday. I went to, um, uh, went to Italy. Um, which was fun, but I just got back, and so I had loads and loads of emails. So not so not so much time for science. This How week. many emails do you get, Steve? I got six hundred emails. <laughs> How many of them were junk? Probably three hundred and fifty, something like that. I reckon at least for me, half is just delete, delete, delete. Yeah. I hate coming back from holiday and having all those emails. Yeah, it's kind of real anxiety, isn't it? Oh, it's just irritating. <laughs> it's like, I, do you ever leave? Do you ever leave like an out of office that says, "I'm away"? If you email me. I will. It will get deleted. Yeah. Please contact me when I'm back. I don't, but I should. I think I might do that. So if it's important <laughs> enough that you need to ask, ask, send me another email when I'm do back. You, do you think that's a bit of an arrogant thing to do, though? I would just like I'm so important. I couldn't possibly read your email until I got back. Well, I don't. I've seen people do that, and I'm like, well, maybe they're kind of a bit got big, a big head. They're saying, well, you know, I can't be bothered to go through all of the emails to look for your yeah. You're not important your enough. puny email about your puny. <laughs> problems ground or something yeah but i am um, yeah I, I did i did it once i did that i did it in a kind of polite way i can't yeah. remember how i phrased Passive it aggressive now. kind of english way uh just in a kind of like oh mm. 
you know, you kind of t- you 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 dress it up in a yeah, kind like, uh, of in a non direct trouble. I hope it doesn't, but I can't possibly. I'll do my best. That whatever. sort of yeah. thing, yeah. But then I I stopped doing that now. I just go through them later on and spend like a day and a half deleting them and all that stuff. So what are you doing, Steve? You're smashing, smashing your bloody mic. you're smashing your glass with the mic again. I am. You obviously didn't adjust it properly. I didn't. I, I'm in trouble. <laughs> Nick's telling me off. <laughs> Yeah, right, so we um, let's we talk about some science. Oh, I could, yeah, I could do. Why well, aren't you going to ask me what I've been doing? Oh, yeah, sorry. Okay, let's <coughs> carry on. So, what have you been doing? <coughs> not not. <laughs> so, Steve, I um, I ran a workshop for kids this week. A workshop, a scientific workshop. Yeah, or it was a sweatshop. Like Were you making them make like <laughs> shoes and? No, they're they're just called PhD students. Ah, fine. That's the sweatshop. Fine, 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 sorry, PhD students. <laughs> But um, no, the um, I, we had a bunch of kids come in because I, uh, with a colleague, Alex Dickinson, we run a thing called the, the Biomedical Engineering Course, which is run through a charity called Small Piece. Right. And Funny what, what's, name, what's, isn't it, the, what's the charity's remit? What's it, uh, they try do? and make kids, well, they try and persuade kids, I wouldn't say make <laughs> kids, they try and persuade kids to do... There's not enough charities making children do things nowadays. <laughs> It's a real gap in the market for the yeah, charity, yeah, yeah. in the charity sector. But they they try and encourage kids to do engineering degrees, right? So I'm kind of peripherally involved in biomedical engineering. Mm-hmm. In my sort of, I do some sort of tissue engineering. But anyway, they come in and they're there for a week, a whole week. Sixteen year old kids. Wow. They're usually pretty nice. What, actually. What, so what you get them to do experiments? You get them in the lab, put lab coats on them. What do you do? Not quite. They they do sort of they look they do some master what's called master classes where one of the students like one of my students came and showed them what stem cells are and how you isolate mm. them and stuff like that and they also um yeah they do they do a range of kind of like these things called design and make where they have to like they've got a, a design brief right and they've got to using bits and pieces usually like craft type stuff so you like build, build a bridge out of yeah and, syringes and, tubes right. syringes bands. we're making children play with syringes <laughs> they've not got needles on oh, them yeah but that's that's what you should go for that should be the tagline for your what they have like a <laughs> hundred needles ten of which are infected <laughs> exactly <And laughs> find we'll out which ones have AIDS selection play its course <laughs> it's quite meta in a way isn't it yeah yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah they don't so they um yeah, they, so what they, kind of things do they do? Tell me, like, so what's, one their, of them, what's their challenges? So one of them, so this guy um, who who's in who was in the group previously came up with this idea to, did they have to design a keyhole surgery tools? Right. So they've got, we, we give them, we provide them with a papier-mâché body torso right. with a balloon for so a head. Have, so you have and to he, make those before? Yeah, yeah. Who does that? The, the, the students, so it's the university will pay them like demonstrator rates. To make paper mache torso. Yeah, yeah, it's a public engagement exercise. That's amazing. So they have a papier mache. Do you think that, do they, do, when your PhD students are doing that, do you think that that's why they signed up to do a PhD, to really push <laughs> back the forefronts of human knowledge and they're there making a papier mache head? I think <laughs> that passing on knowledge to the next generation, encouraging people to get involved, is a, is a worthwhile use of their time. Oh, well, but anyway, they make a papier mache body and yeah. it's got a rib cage in it made of cardboard and then there's a pepper. Like a, a pepper. Like which, a bell pepper, like a capsicum. Yeah, right, exactly, okay. for our American listeners. Yeah. But there's a, yeah, there's a, there's a or pepper. Or Australian. In, or Australian. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to list any other nationalities? <laughs> anyway, inside the pepper, there's a bunch of custard, which is kind of like, you know, you know, fatty atherosclerosis or something. Fatty deposits. And they have to extract the custard through the body torso wall. That sounds like into so the, much fun. Yeah, yeah. So they've got to design a tool to do that. So they've got to cut the webcams. They've got straws. 
they've got straws they've got all kinds of things they've got a couple of webcams a couple of straws so they do that sort of stuff and they've got kidneys with like cocktail sticks jabbed into the kidneys and then right. they've got a piece of stomach lining which has come away, so they've got to find a way to stick it back. Wow. So they just muck around and they try and do it. And, you know, there's there's a couple of engineers supervising them who sort of, you know, try and think about... Try and, try, try think. and encourage them to think around the issue and what an engineer rather, would think rather, about. Rather than just playing with the straws yeah. and the custard field. <laughs> so uh, it's brilliant. It's a good peppers. laugh. And then they present it at the end and we get a couple of the academics in to come and judge the projects. But that's not... I mean, they do other things as well. Like they did... There's, one of them was um, design an artificial leg. Right. So they have to design a you know prosthetic leg. Right. That's so they have cool. to think into they, they think about the user. So for one of them, it was an athletic person, right. twenty three, been in a car accident, you know, and the other person was an African, an old African lady, right, who needed to get across the cobbles apparently to play bingo. I didn't know they played bingo <laughs> in Africa. <laughs> so, you, so it's a rich, <laughs> rich backstory. It's yeah. they really get to get anyway. So mind. yeah, they came in and we we sort of. The, the charity are great, small piece are excellent. They, they they sort of sort them out and tell them where to go. They're kind of like the teachers. Right. And we we just set the activities for them to do. Right. So, so you just get the fun stuff. Yeah, it's a great laugh. I mean, That's one fun. of the other things, one of the team building activities is quite funny. They, they do this thing where um, <laughs> we get a wheelchair and three of them are in a team. One of them has to wear ear defenders, so they're, they're deaf. Yeah in inverted commas, another one wears a blindfold. Yeah. And then they have to go around taking photographs of a prescribed list of objects around campus. So they have to work. So they learn to work as a team, team. yeah. And the blind person has to take the photos. Right. So basically, it's, it's to try and illustrate to them, you know, what it is how it feels to be a disabled person and what design, how do you start thinking about him? And and is it kind of useful? Like afterwards, do they chat and they, they, if you feel like they just had fun squishing a a custard filled capsicum or do you think they actually take something from it? Do you think it's actually... They definitely take something from it. Oh, that's great. I mean, yeah, because the people that come and give the course, some of them from different, there's a couple of, we we have people come from Liverpool and there's a charity in in, Bath who supported it this year called Designability. I can't imagine you being all like enthusiastic (laughs) for the kids, Nick, without you being grumpy. I just can't like, I'm (laughs) sure that anyone listening to this podcast will find it very easy to imagine. No, (laughs) no, no, no. Anyway, that was fun. Aliens was on TV the other night, Steve. Did you know it's 30 years since Aliens was It's amazing, released? isn't it? It's a great, great movie. Do you prefer Aliens or Alien? I think Aliens. Aliens, for me, is is much more of a kind of action movie, whereas Alien was a horror. I, I prefer Alien. Really? I prefer the first one, yeah, because I like the bit when the John Hurt has the bad Chinese takeaway yeah. and then he gets some indigestion. It's quite bad indigestion. It's quite fair. bad. We don't want to spoil it for anybody. <laughs> that hasn't seen it, yeah. Yeah, those aliens were full of The xenomorphs, they're a good, they're a good um, baddie, aren't they? The xenomorph, as they go. Is that what they're called? The xenomorphs, yeah. They're when did aliens. they get called a xenomorph? Well, that's what they've always been called. Not in the first one. No, yeah, they were, so. Really? Yes. Well, I don't think they ever actually mentioned it, but that's just what they're known as. Anyway, I wanted to ask you something, Steve, as right. a chemist. Hello. Is it po- they got acid for blood that dri- dribbled through it, like yeah, they three it, floors? They Is that it, possible? No. So, so, so they call it um, molecular acid in the... Um, actually, maybe we should talk about it, about acids. It's got quite an interesting story about acid. So... Um, yeah, so in the, in, the, in the movie, you know, when the, the, the alien 
uh, bleed. So you see it kind of melt uh, floor tiles and things like that and goes through. Goes it's through like metal. dribbles through metal, mate. It goes through three floors of metal. Yes, I mean, there are. So acids in general, you know, we think about bottles of acids in, you know, when you're at high school or something. But uh, there are acids that do dissolve things pretty rapidly. There are things called super acids, which have a kind of a negative pH. Uh, you know, and, and actually, super acids, super acids, pretty cool, huh? How can you have negative pH? So, I mean, it's just the minus the log of the hydrogen ion concentrations. It's oh, yeah, I knew that from. actually. Yeah, well, I did actually know that, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, Steve? whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, so yeah, the, the uh, so, so the, probably the closest to it, there's a couple of really interesting acids. So, so, the, so things like hydrofluoric acid. Uh, oh, I remember that we had a controversy in our lab because really? a What's guy that? in our lab just left a beaker of it lying on the side. It was just lying on the edge of the bench. Yeah, you shouldn't do that. They have to have like special lids and things. Well, it was acid. just in a glass. Yeah, in a glass, it, e- it eats glass. It dissolves what? glass, hydrofluoric acid. Maybe it was yeah. special glass. It's normally in plastic. Actually, the, the, the chemistry of fluorine is quite interesting because it uh, actually wasn't really, really developed up until uh, after the Manhattan Project because in the Manhattan Project, they had to develop uh, Teflon because they were looking at uh, fluorinating uranium. I thought Teflon was to do with space shuttles. No, 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 no. It was in the I thought project. Teflon was like on the front of space shuttles and then they thought we can put that on a frying pan. <laughs> no, that's true. But the point is that in order to be able to work with fluorinated compounds like hydrofluoric acid, you have to have something that, that, you, that you can put it in. Right. You can't put it in a cup or like a glass jar because it, it dissolves glass. Okay, Steve. Right. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to prove I'm good at chemistry. Right, go on then. Teflon, tetrafluoric, Floral Close. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they call it ethylene because they're polymer chemists. Poly- oh, it's yeah. polyethylene. So it's yeah. tetrafluoropolyethylene. Yeah, tetrafluoropolyethylene. Sweet. Yeah, so... Um, I knew I was good at chemistry. So, so, yeah, In so your fact, face, Steve. <laughs> so if you go into a flu- uh, like a fluorine lab, they uh, quite often the labs are kind of... The windows are frosted. And they're not frosted because... That's because you guys like to get sexy. <laughs> Well, that's true too, but that's 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 the different room. It can get pretty, (laughs) pretty warm. You don't want to be seeing what goes on in the chemistry lab. It's (laughs) pretty dark. Um, Dark, yeah. Yeah. uh, Okay. (laughs) (laughs) What was I talking about? Yeah, you're talking acid, Steve. What's your favorite? What's your favorite acid? Uh, Do you know what? There's a. I've got a couple. So you can't have two, you've got to have one. Well, one's not really an acid, but it's very good. So it's not an acid. That doesn't count. It's got acid in it. Does that count? Um, okay. All right. So the um, the one the one of my favorite the things is called piranha solution, which is a mixture of um, uh, piranha solution. Yeah, which is a mixture of sulfuric acid and hydrogen peroxide. Why is it called piranha that's solution? That's what it's called. I don't know it's not it's called piranha. It is solution. called piranha solution. Well, who called it piranha? Solution? Some scientist, some moron. Chemist, some, what, what, why do you call it piranha? I don't know why, why they call, you just call it. it a why is anything of... called anything? I don't know. Well, I mean, you've got you have sensible names for things. Don't call it piranha. No, you have trivial names for things. Got... You don't call benzene one three five cyclohexatriene, do you? You call it <coughs> cyclohexatriene. You call it um, benzene. It's oh, got a trivial thanks. name. Yeah, thanks for the insight. Yeah, all right. We'll move on. Um, <laughs> the, but what I wanted to really talk about. Um, so uh, my favourite acid is probably aquaregia. Wow. So aquaregia is a mixture of two acids. Aquaregia. That means like king water. King water, exactly. Right, right. Um, which is See, a. Mix- I also good at Latin. <laughs> It goes back to the first podcast. Remember, we started talking about Latin uh, in the yeah, first podcast. We were going to do it in Latin, no, and then we well, thought we that thought wouldn't that wouldn't appeal to a mass audience. A Latin podcast, no. Well, I don't think that. Anyway, mm. um, yeah. So, uh, aquaregia is this beautiful kind of bright orange, kind of golden acid. It's a mixture of nitric and hydrochloric acid. Um, and what's really cool about it, uh, among other things, is that it dissolves gold. So, there's not many acids that you can actually dissolve. Gold, like gold in, in a way it's that... It's mental. Because yeah. gold's like, 
kind of the reason people have golden because it stays shiny is because it's an unreactive, right? Very much. So. It's really unusual. Most metals in in everyday life, you don't see much elemental metal in in everyday life. It's normally in the ore, right? So you'd have that's so you have to refine bauxite to make aluminium or or, or yeah. iron ore to make ore. And gold gold is, gold is quite happy. Um, on its own. All oh, right, and so you like it because it dissolves gold. Yeah, well, there's a really cool story with it. So there was a there was a chemist called um, George de Hevzi uh, who was working. He was a Hungarian chem- uh, radio chemist. Uh, he won a Nobel Prize actually uh, for looking at um, radioactive traces uh, in for, for like, medical. Uh, oh, did he? I've got another good story about him. I'll save it for okay. another time. Though. Um, and so de Hevzi uh, was working. Um, uh, um, during during the war when the Nazis were uh, occupying um, Denmark, so he was in Denmark, was he? He was working at the uh, uh, Niels the, the uh, Niels Bohr Institute. Oh, in Copenhagen, exactly. Right. Yeah, um, and uh, he he was there. And uh, at the time, Nazi occupied uh, Denmark. They uh, they were obviously the the Nazis were confiscating gold because of the for the war effort, right? And it was actually illegal to move gold from. Um, uh, from place to place. Yeah, you don't want to be control. taking wealth out of the exactly. the Reich. Yeah, so so De Hevzi, um actually uh, he was he's a he was an organic chemist uh, on some level, so he kind of knew knew how to play around with things like aqua regia. We'll post a picture of aqua regia just to show you the color of it. It's really pretty. Um, and he was he he's he had two colleagues that were working in the same place, uh, Max von Lau and, and James Frank, um, who were both Nobel Prize winning chemists in their own right, but. The Nazis were coming to take their gold, right? So, oh, so no. What are they going to do with gold? Oh, exactly. Well, Why well, don't they just dig it in a, dig a hole? Put they it could, a hole. You could have hidden it, right? But this is, isn't this a beautiful story? So what, he, what the Hevsey did was take the, the Nobel Prize, the, the actual prize medal you get when you get a Nobel Prize. is a big oh, chunk of gold. I with see a where this is Alfred, you, Yeah, exactly. Mm. With um, Alfred Nobel's uh, face on it. Yeah, yeah, and they And he dissolves it. Dissolved it in aqua regia, and oh he just put it, God. just pops it on the shelf, Nick. Pops it on that <laughs> shelf in a jar, in saying, a jar, saying, saying "De Hevzi's special special potion. sauce, maybe or whatever." <laughs> and uh, and the Nazis come in, and they look, and they can't find it because you know they can't confiscate the gold. Oh my God, how long does it take to dissolve then? Not very long. Yeah, overnight. So you put depends, a so. medallion, it'll just dissolve overnight. Yeah, That's yeah. incredible. So, but what the, the beautiful part of the story? Quite risky is, though, because they might sort of pour it down the drain. Someone could, yeah. But it was his lab, I suppose. It's a fun story, isn't it? But but after the war, they actually precipitated the gold from Aqua Regia, and then they took that back to the uh, Nobel Committee, and they recast the Nobel Prizes of of Max Van Lau and James Frank. You know, that reminds me of another story that I heard about another guy. And this is... um, Oh, let's try... What's he... Herman Mark, right? He was like a... a, I think he did a lot of work on kind of structures of polymers or something right. yeah he was an, he was a very well-known um physicist and he was also i think he was in austria or germany during the during the war and he had a similar problem he had a load of money and he wanted to get away from the nazis but at that time you couldn't take money out of the it's country good, isn't it, how much the nazis encourage scientific innovation maybe we should have that Maybe oh. we should just drop a couple of Nazis into the grant committees well. and then you would just, like, you'd just innovate your way out of, out of your problems. So you just pick a country every just year and you invade it and then you wait for the scientists to do amazing stuff. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> anyway, this dude, this dude, um, Herman Marx, Sorry, he, he, had a load of, he wanted to get out of the country, had a load of money. Can't take it out of the country. So do you know what he did? What did he do? He bought a load of platinum wire, which right. platinum is extremely expensive. Very expensive, yeah. Um, do you know what he did with it? Uh, what would he do with what? I don't know. What did he do? He got his wife. Well, he made coat hangers out of the platinum so it, wire. Oh, cool! He, so he changed it in shape of coat. He got his wife to cover it, 
with like I don't know some fabric or something. Yeah. And then he popped all of his clothes on it. And so he went. I think he went out in the country, and they obviously they didn't suspect. They thought it was just normal coat hangers. So when he got, he must have been so. When smug. he got to walking, England, walking he went to America, I think he went to America. When he got to America, he just cashed in his. Uh, just hangers. throw throw the clothes away. It's wicked, just, isn't it? I just just imagine how smug you'd be walking through like a train station with, those, with exactly <laughs> going. I am pounds so with the smart. platinum coat hangers. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. So, you sci- if you're a scientist, yeah. You I know can. during the um, uh, during the Manhattan Project when they were trying to separate out uranium two three eight, they uh, needed to build a basic. They were trying to do it with a big electromagnet. They were trying to separate them out by mass, and uh, to do that, they needed a really big load of copper but they but so they went to the uh, federal reserve in the u.s and asked for um, this was all done in berkeley and they asked for um uh, they wanted basically a shit ton of copper and they said no because they were using them to build airplanes and tanks and stuff but they gave them silver so they took the entire the u.s's entire federal reserve of silver to make a big wire magnet uh what all the silver all the silver that the u.s had that must have been a lot of silver yeah because silver's like these calutrons are huge they're like you know about the size of you know uh, like a like a transit van jeez that's pretty good um and yeah they uh they spun it and they made these big this big magnets and uh, it didn't work (laughs) (laughs) so but then i suppose that they still got the silver they got the silver. They, they're, they're supposed to give it back, but I think there's still some of it still left in uh, Berkeley. You can go and see. Oh, it, let's go and look at that. Should we go to Sunday Berkeley? Too. Yeah, we're, let's go now. All right, see you later. <laughs> so, Nick, I came across this paper. What? Yeah, I did. What? You, what paper did you see? So I've got a new paper here. So this is from 2011, uh, uh, December the 9th, 2011, in the, 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 the Journal of Physical... Sorry. The Journal of Physics Special Topics. Special Topics? Yeah, Special Topics. Well, why are they special? Well, I'll tell you in a second. I thought all physics was special. Well, I don't know. They think they're so good at the Journal of Physics Special well, Topics, so, so don't I, they? I thought this and I started looking for it. And actually, the, so the, the Journal of Physics Special Topics is basically a kind of public journal which i don't think is peer-reviewed but um it's it's for <laughs> undergraduate physicists at the university of leicester and they what they do is part of their module course as an undergrad is they get them to write something silly but they do it in a kind of scientific kind of way which oh I think my god i think i wish i'd had that idea yeah, that's isn't such it a good? good idea so this is cool. i'm gonna have to rip that off in some way yeah well i'm for sure my teaching so this is uh so it's called so this is by someone called d.a marshall t.a hans i griffith and g douglas Oh, and the, and the top, hi guys! If you're out there, yeah. So they, uh, they. This is called the trajectory of a falling Batman. <laughs> right? I'll read you the abstract. So the abstract says the film Batman Begins shows the character of Batman <laughs> gliding using a rigid form of his cape. Okay. This paper assesses the feasibility of such a glide and finds that while a reasonable distance could be travelled if glided from a tall building, the speed at which Batman will be travelling would be too dangerous to stop without some method of slowing down. And what do they do? They work it out. So basically, so I'm going to show Nick a, a picture of, of of the figure. Now we'll put it up on the Twitter feed. If you look at figure two here, you can see Batman. Let me just, just have a look just, at that. Just like falling off off a, off a building. So that's kind of like the Batman that's been drawn. I would say is a basic kind of retro Batman. A kind of a representation of a Batman, really. It doesn't look like um, what's the Batman's name? Uh, what's the character? Christian Bale. It doesn't look like Christian Bale, does it? Uh. No, it looks more like the one from the the camp sixties. But 
but essentially, TV show. they uh, it's, it's a proper physics paper. Right? Oh, well, so there's loads through, of equations. So they there. go through and they write down a bunch of um, uh, of, of equations to de- to describe the flight. And so the idea is that when you fall off a ma- off a building, you speed up. But the faster you go, the more dr- the more um, uplift you can generate. Right. So so well, that's like when you re- you you reach something called terminal velocity, which is when the forces cancel out. Yeah, and at some point you do get some you generate some uplift, right? So much like people in these kind of wingsuits and things like that. So they work it out, and they, so so they, they actually on the back here they've got a little diagram. Taken from the from the from the uh, movie, a little screen grab. And they work out the area <laughs> of the of the Batwing, and then from that they can work out this is the velocity profile of Batman's glide. So you can see that he speeds up to begin with, and then he yeah. slows down a bit, and then you just he, yeah, unfortunately he reaches a constant velocity. Yeah, until he hits the ground, and here's the distance oh, poor he was Batman. flying. So 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 it's quite fun. So <laughs> How far can he fly? Well, so he can actually fly. So he says, I'll read you in the, from the discussion section <laughs> of this paper. It says, Batman's descent is rapid. Comma. <laughs> Even for this high estimate for the lift coefficient, looking uh, at the case for a gliding from a fairly tall building of a height about 150 metres, Batman can glide to a distance of about 350 metres, which is reasonable. The problem that the uh, glide lies in the velocity as he reaches ground level. The velocity rises rapidly to a maximum of over a little 110 kilometres an hour before steadying to a constant speed of around 80 kilometres an hour. At these speeds, any impact would be like would likely be fatal if not severely damaging. Oh no! But does it take into account his special body armor? It doesn't. But at the end, it says this, which is my favourite section of the whole paper. It says, "Clearly, gliding using a bat cape is not a safe way to travel." Comma, unless a method to rapidly slow down is used, such as a parachute. So the, the, the take-home message is if you're Batman, you need to take some form of parachute with you when you're out and about. You can't just use the... Ga- buildings. Or you've got to have some kind of, yeah, some kind of airbag built in your, in your bat suit. Just like an inflatable chest yeah, to exactly. bounce off. Yeah, yeah, Or maybe like a total immersion-inflated bodysuit. Yeah, so there's, so actually they've done this every year. So I only saw this on the train on the way down here. How many here. papers are in each issue? Uh, I don't know really, but there's there's, there's loads, right? Oh, so, I'm gonna have so to. So we're have gonna, look gonna at have that. to go. So maybe we can we can like this yeah. might be a whole gold mine of, uh, of 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 research articles. You know, there's a good each Christmas in the in the British Medical Journal they have kind of festive joke. Well, they're not festive, but they're kind of jokey articles. Yeah. And there was one one year about uh, it was about a randomised double-blinded clinical trial on the efficacy of parachutes to prevent vertical falling um, <laughs> cause deaths. Right. And it was quite a funny paper, so they'd done this kind of, you know, ge- general study looking at people who died in parachute accidents. Yeah. But they were kind of just having a go at the necessity in the medical literature to have a double-blinded c- controlled clinical trial for oh, everything. So it's a parody. It was a total parody. So uh, they were saying, look, we look, know this we works. Don't, like, we don't need it's it. It's blindingly <laughs> obvious. <laughs> the you know, Think work. about it. <laughs> yeah. But it was quite a funny article. So, yeah, maybe we'll, uh, we'll come back to that in the future. Yeah, we should do, Steve. I like that. All right. I'm glad you do. So I, I want to talk about danger. 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 High danger voltage. mouse. No, just danger. Danger. So. so what? Yeah, I you want to talk about twi- danger. Okay. So and kind of specifically scientific danger, uh, and danger in the laboratory. So. Ah, oh, this is like leaving a huge bucket of cancer causing chemicals. No, 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 no. It's not that. It's actually in a positive way. So, I was thinking about this the other day, and you know how, like, when we're at school. 
so I'm a chemist, right? For anyone that doesn't know, and, uh, I think a lot of the people that become chemists uh, do so because it's it's the naughtiest of all of the sciences. I think, right? You get to legitimise explosions, right? Yeah, and the I best, think that's true. Actually, and the best I've bit about, about when, the best bit about that, right, is that when you see your teacher put in a little bit too much sodium in water or whatever, and the bang's a little bit bigger. Did your teacher ever do that? Oh yeah, my teacher never did I'm that. About to, so so but it goes and they. They, there's an explosion and then you can see in their eyes that they're a little bit scared yeah. so you legitimise this naughtiness and then even then it gets a bit scared and mm. I, do you know what I, I worry a little bit right because now in this kind of uh, as we progress in the kind of health and safety mad oh you're society. going to it's health and safety gone mad no 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 so i mean it's not it's an interesting thing i was i was just i, I wonder so, so much so much of science is kind of peppered with this you know people experimenting on themselves or doing things they shouldn't have done or you know just getting on with it and they're kind of acceptable naughtiness right do you continue that in your modern career steve i have done in times what have you done what have you done i don't want to talk about that drank some ophidian bromide so so so, no bromide is nasty but it's it's yeah don't drink ophidian bromide (laughs) don't do that at home (laughs) (laughs) don't even think about it sued um yeah no i I, it's it's interesting i wonder what you think about it so so basically i'm thinking if you don't have that there's a there's clearly a difference between being in a lab or being in a in a, a in a school classroom and seeing your teacher blow up some sodium or whatever or set something on fire or whatever the experiment is or, or flame test or something than it is to watch that on YouTube, right? So you can watch people put cesium in a buck in a bathtub and it explode, but that's different to actually going out and smelling uh, what happens after you put lithium, seeing the, the scare in the teacher. And, and I think... It's cause yeah, so li- live, live shows are always better than, than on a video. But I, but I worry that, like, if, like the... If you if we if we get away from doing that right if we and if we get away from that kind of naughtiness and and kind of self experimentation and just and play I mean you know are you you're suggesting that we are I think we I are I think people still do that stuff today Steve but you can't but it's not in not in the classroom they're not I reckon they do no you're not so you I've can't blow up some sodium in the classroom anymore you have you have to fill in a lot there's a lot of uh, um, risk assessments see I would not just get it in and yeah do and that's it anyway. why you're not a science teacher. <laughs> <laughs> I remember my science teacher. We never did any sodium blowing up. Maybe I don't know. Maybe that had already been stopped. Although I am a bit older than you, but I remember my science teacher burning magnesium pencil sharpeners. Yeah, that was his party trick. Yeah, you get one of those. You know those old school yeah, shiny pencil. Sharp, just hold it over the Bunsen burn. Take a while to get going, and then it would burn like man. It would really yeah. burn, and it would burn through the asbestos mat. Yeah, that's good. We had there's another health and safety problem there asbestos math well that's kind of legitimate i think but, you know we, so we we um you know when i was doing my phd we made some thermite right no obviously we just we just like thermite yeah so because we just wanted to see an explosion so we just set something on fire right What's and thermite? it's thermite's what you use to weld railway girders together it's a mm. combination of aluminium powder and, and rust basically oh right and when the oxygen is transferred from the iron to the to the um, aluminium it, it gives out a lot of, well it gives out a lot of heat so you can use it to um uh, to, to melt metal, basically. Um, but yeah, I just wonder, what do you think? Do you think, do you think, you know, we're getting less dangerous? Is it becoming a little sanitized, a little bit sanitized in the lamp? Or do you think that's, do you think that's irrelevant? It doesn't matter. I don't know. I mean, in, in scientific labs, obviously there's people who work, I think the statistics thing that people who work as bench scientists statistically live shorter lives mm. than other More people. exciting lives though. Well, possibly. Well, I don't know. Like, so, for instance, in your lab, right, we have the same. So, I'm sure it's the same as, as my lab. So, when we when we want to do something new in science, we have to do a risk assessment. So, we have to kind of look at uh, what we're doing, and then we have to say, yeah, okay, but do you actually do that? No, do you we just don't. Do it? You do it when we the don't. guy comes round. 
We do it when the guy comes around. But well, because if <laughs> you did, you know, we shouldn't be saying no, this. We shouldn't. Stuff. But no, the thing is, if you anyway. did it, if you did it for every experiment, you'd never get anything done because you spend all of your time doing the risk assessments and not bothering to actually test. It'd be a right pain up the bum. I just think it's, it's completely non-productive to scientific advancement, and I think, uh, I, I, I think it would be. I, I, so I basically want to see I want to see more explosions and I think if you spoke to the average school kid and the, and the seven year old that lives in my deep in my subconscious wants to see more explosions so I think we should maybe we should try and explode stuff in schools that's what we should do uh yeah <laughs> <laughs> Why do we need Patrick, Oscar, Isaac, Transplanting? Nick, I'm sad we've come to the end of another podcast. Oh, really? Yeah, it's all done. Why? Well, we've just run out of things to talk about. Oh, we never do that. No, we'll think up some new things. We'll be recharged for next time. We will be. I'm looking forward to it. Do and who what? knows where we'll be next time? Who knows? Do, do we, should we get some guest speakers? Do you reckon we, we should, should definitely should we do that. spice it up a bit? Yeah. We can, who, who, who should we get? Um, Johnny Ball. <laughs> what? Johnny Ball, yeah. Yeah. All right, let's get Johnny Ball. Oh, great. Well, you can all look forward to that one next time. <laughs> next time in the Science Shed. Yay! Me, that, that's for, with me, Steve. Lee. And, and me, Nick Evans. And with Johnny Ball, hopefully. Maybe not. See you later. <laughs> Bye.